Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the month of October. Wow, it's Halloween is just around the corner. On our show today, Dave Kenny from Emergo Recovery will be here to talk about brain science, substance addiction, and how to have a healthy brain and uh, how that will benefit you both in business and especially in sales. So we're looking forward to that. And speaking of brain science, I have some thoughts today on psychological triggers, both positive and negative. That's all coming up on the Better Than Before show. And we'll begin with our guest right after I tell you that Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and our guest today is Dave Kenny, and he's the co-founder and executive director at Emergo Recovery, a private residential recovery and wellness center focused on brain-first approaches, specializing in actualized recovery, and he's dedicated his extensive career to helping individuals reclaim their life after struggles with addictions, anxiety, depression, and other debilitating challenges. He's got over 30 years of experience in the field of human development. He pioneered actualized recovery, an integrative brain-first approach to lasting recovery, and it's a proprietary methodology, and it leverages neurobalancing technology, nutritional therapy, orthomolecular restoration, positive psychology, smart recovery, 
cognitive behavioral therapy, motivational interviewing, robust fitness, biophilia, and more to restore mind, body, health, and inspire the spirit. And we're going to talk about some of those things today, and I'm excited to find out more about it. He's a PhD candidate in philosophy at Canterbury University, focusing on neuroscience and psychology, and holds a master's degree in education from Northwestern State University. He's also a certified brain health coach through Amen Clinics, a master's certified brainwave optimization technician, a certified life coach, and has certifications in self-management for addiction recovery and as a recovery coach. And he also is a member of both the Canadian Society of Addiction Medicine and the American Society of Addiction Medicine. And um, we're going to talk about how you can find out more about Dave at the end of our interview. But Dave, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for doing this today. Tony, I'm fired up to be here. It's an honor, and, and thanks for inviting me. We have studied here in our practice working with leaders. We've studied a lot of Dr. Amon's work, and so um, i just really excited to hear more about what you're doing in this wonderful field. Let's, let's talk about brain health in general here. Just lay some foundation for our listeners to begin with. What, what have you seen as far as how does brain health impact businesses? It impacts every part of the business. It impacts uh, perform human performance. And that's really, I mean, the bio is, is a generous bio, but really what it's about is human performance. And that's what drives me. And, and I love that. And, and how can we be better? And there's so many people, especially in business, who are really driven for that, want to excel, want to optimize their performance. So whether that's a salesperson or a sales team, sales manager, an executive, uh, I believe that uh, businesses, uh, can perform better, attain more, be more profitable, make, make a greater impact on our communities when the individual themselves are actually flourishing. And that begins with the, the simple connection of brain drives behavior. And when you get that, then you begin to go, well, what can I do? You know, uh, as we've studied this neuroscience category, as it becomes more and more accepted, and uh, more and more experts like yourself come into the science, we hear more and more about a term, and I want to ask you about it and ask you to explain a little bit about it to our listeners, but neuroplasticity, and you talk about how that's a, that can be a competitive advantage for business people. So can you tell us a little bit about neuroplasticity? Yeah, it's a great question and great, great place to start, Tony, because uh, you and I both grew up in the Nancy Reagan era where there was commercials on TV and they had a frying pan and put the egg in and said, that's your brain on drugs. And if you do that, you're toast. It's done. That ends up not being the case. Um, I'll go back actually to the 1960s. Marion Diamond, incredible woman, a neuroscientist, but her work was discredited for a long time, for a number of decades, because she was a woman in the 60s. And but her she was the founding neuroscientist of neuroplasticity. It's been accepted though and adopted in, in, as a truism in science in the last 15, 20 years, less than less than 20 years, which in science is brand new. There's a new baby right now. Well, here's what neuroplasticity is. You what you have is not what you have tomorrow. Every one of us have the ability to change and rewire our brain, but be careful with that. Because if, if that means if I do certain things and feed it certain things and put, put good food in and exercise, oxygen, sleep, if I can, and my environment, if I can rewire my brain to perform better, that also means I can do things to harm my brain. 
So it's, so you have to, you have to take both sides of that. And now when you begin to accept that, you, then the next question is, well, what can I do? Well, we'll certainly get to sales here in just a second, but I'm so intrigued with what you are saying and what we, um, read in your bio. I want to ask you one more question and then I promise we'll get to the sales stuff. But what about addictions? Like how, how does that play into, I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed and do fondly remember the commercials with the frying egg. Um, <laughs> but, but how does drug addiction work where the brain is concerned? First of all, you and I are both showing our age. Don't no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first, first of all, you can't find it. There's no single definition to an addiction, and it's been reclassified in the DSM-5 as a substance use disorder, SUD, um, or an addiction. There's, it's difficult to find a um, single definition in the world, and, but you do hear it's a brain disease, and then you also hear it's a disorder. Those are the kind of the two common things, and it depends on where you're coming from. Uh, people have different biases there, but there's one commonality in any definition, and that is it's the brain. And it's the brain that craves, craves a substance or an activity. It's not the liver. It's not the lung. It's not the heart. It's not the kidney. Go down the list. The brain is craving something. So whether that's uh, the excitement of shopping, and I'm changing my brain, now it's also social media and I'm changing my brain, I'm getting dopamine from that. Uh, whether, it's, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a marijuana or any other drug. So fun, your number one question is what about addictions and all that? So when you, if you had, if any of us, if any of our loved ones had a kidney or liver issue, we wouldn't sit down in a group in a circle and start talking about that. Certainly a heart issue. If I've got a bad heart, there are, there may be lifestyle issues that I that I could use to support in a group about lifestyle issues. Great, but the first thing I would do is functionality. Look at how my heart is working. What's wrong? And physiologically, do some things to correct that. So we really approach uh, people who um, use substances or act, or self destructive activities. Uh, from a from a brain first approach. So the first thing we do is physiologically help bring relief to the brain and reset the brain, reset sleep patterns, and begin to, you've talked about neuroplasticity. I'll introduce another word, neurogenesis, the brain's ability to grow new cells. So if I can create, grow new cells and then rewire my entire brain, um, I've got somebody who emotionally may not uh, uh, be acting such a, they may have more impulse control. And so uh, also, if you think about a brain that is overactive, take a brain like a Ferrari engine and put a brick on the gas pedal and, it, and the functionality, which we can read now and our technologies and the EEG based technology, the Amen clinics use spec imaging and there's fMRIs, there's all sorts of ways to picture it, to, to see a brain now. But if, it, if that engine is, is running at mock speed and you pour a liquid on it, alcohol, a liquid depressant and alcohol slows brain function well we all know that because we talk slower we act different but even the first couple drinks i get relief from a brain that is overactive so from an from an addiction substance use dis, uh, uh, point of view we work at fundamentally calming the brain and resetting it bringing it to an optimal base and then things like uh, the craving and the need for a substance which is self-medication begins to go away. And there's all sorts of reasons and trauma and different things as to what causes this. But fundamentally, when you work on the brain, 
then you've got somebody that you can bring some CBT to cognitive behavioral therapy and other, and other modalities, by the way, smart recovery, it's a CBT based approach. Uh, smart recovery is out of the U S and there's groups all over the place. They're, they're a great place for people to go to as well. So folks, uh, the next time you hear somebody tell you, I need a drink to relax, uh, Dave just explained exactly why that is right. But, they're, but, but they're right, Tony. And, and when they say that, and, and I've worked with over a thousand families in our residential program and, and parents go, well, the, you know, Billy, Janie, or my husband, my wife tell me the reason why they get high is they feel better. And it's true. But what, what feels better where the relief is, is the brain. So what you're identifying is, okay, we have a brain issue. So let's physiologically, which we now know in neuroscience, we can do certain things and we can do them at home even. We don't need the high grade technology, but we can do certain things to limit that. So if you come home and you got to have that, you know, two, three glasses of wine a night to unwind, I'm going to suggest to you that there are some other ways to do that, that will help you perform better, sleep better, um, have better relationships, make more money which we all want to do. So, so there are some brain tips that we can do to bring. And that's one of the things is stress. Tony stress makes us stupid. And <laughs> there's a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of professionals uh, and executives who say I'm sharper with stress. There is a degree of stress where you can be more alert, but stress is actually a word um, in from neuroscience, but it comes from engineering. And the engineering world back when the Romans and they're building aqueducts and things like that, they were calculating stress loads. How much can this bridge or this, this thing that I'm building handle? How much weight can it handle before it snaps? And so stress has been adopted now. And that's what we're talking about from a neuroscience point of view. How much of this weight can I handle before I begin to slow down and, and perform at a, at a lesser level? So stress actually does make us more slower, dumber. We make, make, we make more poor decisions. Um, our sleep is impaired. Stress is not good for a brain. It ages us too, right? Well, it, it, ages, it ages us and, and physiologically, you know, from our body as well, uh, cortisol and all those other things, it, it, it adds weight to us. Um, it's not a good thing on a long-term basis. You know, I work with a lot of, uh, of executives primarily on how can I get an edge? Um, how can I improve my performance? Where can I find that lever um, that I can pull on or push on to give me, you know, that extra special thing? And so as we kind of talk about performance today, let's talk about how, you know, the brain plays into that and what what's... What's something that you think is a really important tactic or thing that a person could do to improve or enhance their performance in their career? Well, well, number one is to focus on a brain healthy lifestyle. And you talk about leadership, and I don't care if you've got a group of six or a group of 600. Um, the number one thing in, in all leadership is you've got to take care of yourself first. And you as the leader of a group, have to make sure that you're on point. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, even as parents are leaders, you know, it's not, they do as I say, not as I do thing. Uh, so it, it really is important that number one, if you want to, we all know about exercise, we all, we know, we all know a little bit about food and movement and the benefits of that, but no one's ever talked about brain health. 
I'm not talking about your, although your body is hugely important, but I am talking about your brain. And when your brain is in a sympathetic dominant state, so it's in a state of fight or flight, you're going to make different decisions. You're going to struggle. Your digestion is actually going to be impaired because you're under constant stress. Like a saber-toothed tiger is always after you. There's always something you got to look over your shoulder with. But when your brain is in a parasympathetic dominant state, it's like the brake on in a car, I'm going to be emotionally frozen. I'm going to have a hard time networking. I'm going to have a hard time, you know, and I've got to really push through with my willpower. And this isn't about willpower. This really is about brain power. So when your biocomputer, your, your biological computer is working at an optimal level, think of, um, think of our phones. Our fo the energy on our phones goes down when I have 20 apps open. And when I close 18 of them and I'm just using two things, my phone works faster, works better, and works longer. Same thing in our brain. So one of the things that we've learned over the last 25 or 30 years is, and I always believe this, but there wasn't really a way to prove it, but we now have data where we know that not everybody's motivated by money, that there's a great deal of the population that is really energized and motivated by other particular things. However, if you're in sales, it definitely helps if, if a return on your investment of time and effort uh, is equaled to some kind of monetary reward, right? And so do people ask you, hey, if I do some of these things you're talking about, Dave, uh, is that going to boost my sales? What's the answer to that? 100%. I can't, I can't tell you your sales are going to go up 100%, but I can tell you if you follow a brain-healthy lifestyle, you, your performance will be enhanced. Uh, your ability to, to um, network, your ability to ask and close for a sale, it becomes very different. Your, your approach to relationships it becomes um, um, less rigid, much smoother, more genuine. And everybody's looking for that. Your ability to, to articulate a message becomes smoother. Where does that come from? It comes from a brain. So you, there's no question about that. When you move into a brain-healthy lifestyle and you do things for a number of months to enhance your brain, um, you're, you, there's no question that you become more effective, whether that's in sales or human resource department. So then, the, you know, the salesperson or the sales manager says, okay, I'm convinced you've, you've got my attention. So what do I do? How do I increase this brain power? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, the, that's the million dollar secret sauce. And that would really depend on, on individual places um, and, and what's going on. But I, but I can share with you from an individual place. First of all, what are we doing with nutrition? What's going on there in, in both at home and at work? Do we have vending machines and a lot of sugar? Because that, that sugar actually does not help a brain. And caffeine doesn't help a brain a whole lot. One, one cup of coffee in a day, that's fine. Three and four, no, because you restrict blood flow to the brain and the, blood, and the brain loves oxygen. So that's something that would, would impair people. And, and if you're living off of that, you're not living a brain-healthy lifestyle. So from a, from a food point of view, we're talking about, you know, we, we promote a paleo lifestyle, which is the macronutrients of clean proteins, uh, carbs, carbs from veg, you know, about 70% of your plate being veg, either lightly cooked or raw. Uh, we're talking about good fats, the brain loves and the body does well on good fats, coconut oils, avocado oils, olive oils, 
um, not the seed oils or the grain oils. Those become toxic to us. And so when you begin to, to, to Tony, if you look at um, racehorses, racehorses are fed a diet that optimizes their performance. But we humans typically eat a diet of convenience. What I'm encouraging people to do is to say, wait a minute, what foods are good for my brain? Avocado is amazing for your brain and great energy throughout the day. And you don't get, you don't have the crash mid-afternoon and get the hangries. So it really is understanding how can I eat to, to optimize my brain performance, my overall performance. Um, oxygen is a big thing. What am I doing during the day? Am I moving? Am I breathing? Am I, even in the winter in the Northeast, um, use the stairs in the office and you do that for a break to get the heart pumping. You don't have to work up a sweat. I'm talking about oxygen for your brain. You'll be far more alert. Uh, one of the things, one of the tricks is uh, you mentioned orthomolecular, great big word. What it is, is vitamin IV therapy. And most natural paths, most good natural paths offer this. And we're talking about amino acids for your brain, essential building blocks of uh, essential vitamins and minerals as well, because the ground today that our food is growing in is not the same as it was 100 years ago. And instead of getting like a teaspoon of supplements, this is like a wheelbarrow full. And because it's by IV, it goes right into our system. We don't lose any through the digestion and absor absorption issues. So if you really want to talk about that, there are some little tricks that you can do. You can find a good natural path and do that. I love it. Uh, and also you want to talk about sick days. Uh, I don't get sick. And that's because of my body is, is um, certainly fueled properly and, and also sleep. A lot of people say, no, I can, I can crank out. I can do it in five hours. Your brain actually shrinks. Think about this. Your brain shrinks in size and slows in function under with less sleep and we've all had those days where groggy so you're reaching for the coffees well that's your brain saying hey, we don't we haven't had enough rest your brain operates at a, at a higher level with seven eight hours of sleep on average so is is sugar classified as a chemical as far as the brain is concerned <laughs> well sugar is sugar's a stimulant to the brain and it overstimulates the brain but also what sugar does is it releases insulin in the body. So sugar has sugar actually has the the reverse effect of what you want, um, and and so you may get energy. Well, you will get energy for a short period of time. Then insulin gets released into the body, and by the time the insulin catches the sugar, the insulin keeps releasing as the sugar begins to drop, and you actually end up below where you were because there's more insulin in the system to regulate that. So you you end up below where you were when you started. What are you going to reach for? You're going to reach for more sugars, and um, so even the fruit, a fruit is way better than anything than than you know like a candy or something or a chocolate bar. But but even even fruit through a uh, sugar through fruit should be moderated, and and so have some great coconut whipped cream with it. So fats. Here's the difference. It's like building a fire. Sugar is like. Um, um, a tinder or, or newspaper to start the fire. It burns hot. It burns quick. So it does work, but it burns out right away. So you got to replace it. But, but uh, good fats and good proteins and good carbs, it's uh, but good fats, like a big log on the fire. It will burn hot for hours. And the same thing with your energy, your focus, your memory, all of that will improve when you eat a brain healthy lifestyle. 
Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to mention those two things especially. And I know those those two are really, really uh, important as far as performance in any executive role and especially in a sales role because you're dealing with clients and you have to have the ability to focus and you also have to have the ability to remember uh, a lot of what your client is telling you. And I can't tell you how many times a client would say, well, I'm really impressed that you heard us say that, that you really listened to what we had to say because you remembered what they said, you were focused and all that. So what are some things for focus and memory that you recommend? And and I, and I know you know this in your training too. It's not just what they say, it's what they're not saying. And the ability to listen that deeply is when our brain is calm and slow. So if I'm in an anxious state and I'm, and I'm worried about something, my, my ability to listen and hear at a deep, intimate level is impaired. So the first thing we've got to do, again, is help our brain operate at a more calm level. Think of the iPhone example I just gave you, where you're closing all the apps. Now I'm able to focus better. So the number one, the number one things are, again, I'm going to go back to the basics, sleep, seven, eight hours, movement, no oxygen, nutrition. Think about vitamin IVs, but also when you eat, what are you doing in the morning? If you've got a big presentation, what are you eating that morning? And are you, or are you skipping breakfast and just having coffee? Cause you got to go and you got to crank it out and you got to get ready. I'm going to tell you right now, that's the worst investment you just did. You, that investment of 20 or 30 minutes to have some eggs, some greens, um, and don't have a juice. You're going to, there goes your sugars through the roof. If you want to have one coffee in the day, you can have one coffee, have some water, move your body. Uh, meditation is an amazing tool. Meditation. We used to think in neuroscience, meditation was used to calm brain pattern. It actually is the opposite. Uh, med good meditation. We follow something called Ziva meditation out of uh, New York City's great program, a great education program, and it's easy to do. People are saying, I don't have the time. Actually, investing 20 minutes a day have, been, have shown to increase performance two and threefold throughout the course of a day. So um, I would tell you, if, if I was to say to any business leader, if you give me 20 minutes a day to your sales team and we can double their performance, what do you think? They'd be, yeah, let's do that. So, so it's really about preparing for that day, that sales meeting, that presentation, the memory of, of that you need, the recall that you need, the alertness that you need. What have you done hours before or two days before leading up to that? Or have you been burning the midnight oil preparing? Um, college students, worst thing you can do for an exam. The absolute, and I, and I did a lot of this, Tony. I was staying up a lot because I wasn't doing my work. And so I had to, had to get caught up and cram before finals. And I think every college student or most of them do that. It's the worst thing to do. The best thing to do is shut it down about nine, 10 o'clock the night before, turn all your electronics off, get a good sleep, get up, move your body, do movement first, have water first, and then have a protein, fat-based, veg-based breakfast. Now go. And your brain is going to be firing on all cylinders. You know, I got to ask you, um, this is probably uh, very similar to one of the things we were talking about earlier where it's, it may or may not be true, but I want to ask you, there are people who say, I can't sleep unless I have something on. It's true. So tell me a little bit about that. Is that, is that right or wrong? Or No, it's true. And, and I actually was one of them. Um, and what that does is it, it distracts the conscious brain. 
the outer portion of the brain. It, it distracts the conscious brain so that the subconscious brain is able to begin to just power down and go to sleep. So those people would, you know, might, might be, uh, you know, in that field of anxiety levels. So there are some things that you can do to help calm your brain. First of all, especially today, what are we doing with technology and blue light? Because blue light messes with our chemical uh, dis uh, dis uh, distribution in the evening. So it tricks our brain and our brain on our circadian rhythm is used to, you know, we go into our cave at night and everything begins to shut down. And so um, if, if you have to be on a computer or phone, get some blue light glasses. Um, I, it's best not to be a certainly two hours before, if not an hour before and turn, make sure all your stuff is turned off. There's so many people that keep their phone on and near their bed. I don't understand that because that's disruptive to a sleep pattern. Uh, and also what food and drink have you done to, throughout the course of the day? Well, I can't sleep. I need something on. Well, you were drinking a Red Bull at six o'clock or five o'clock, but well, yeah, I had to because I was tired. But if you reset your brain and your body over, over a couple of days and you really watch about what you're ingesting, what are you putting in your body and what are you not putting in your body? Alcohol is actually disruptive to sleep. A lot of people think, well, I need a couple of drinks and I'm, I'm going to sleep better. Alcohol actually keeps your heart racing and, and, uh, and, and things are functioning at a different level and you're not able to get into that deep sleep or the REM sleep. So it's really important about the pattern and what you've done. Uh, we, t uh, we talk a lot about sleep hygiene and what is it you do hours before that. It's not good sleep isn't when you go to bed. It is what you've done for hours before that. We've been talking with Dave Kenny. He's the co-founder and executive director at Emergo Recovery. And uh, Dave, just so many great tips today on uh, sharing with us. I, I really appreciate all the things you you've shared with us today. And I, I really want to have you on again down the road because I know there's a lot more stuff that we could be asking you and a lot more that our listeners would like to know about too. Uh, when I have somebody on, I always have about uh, 12 questions I like to ask them at the end of the interview. <laughs> and uh, so these are just uh, quick answer type questions. I, I would like to put those uh, to you and see what your answers are. Let's uh, let's do it, Tony. I'm I'm game. All right. First question. This is going to be right in your field. What's the best memory that comes to mind for you? My best memory? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wedding. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Who's the number one hero in your life? My father, who's passed. What was his name, and what did he do? Martin Kenny was an educator, and it's no no. It actually, I'm laughing about it because I seem to have fallen right into his um, uh, field of work of helping others and human performance. He had the heart, the size of an elephant. Um, and, uh, I talked to him every day, although he's gone, he was, he's, uh, um, absolute my hero. Wonderful. What's the top value you subscribe to? Integrity. What's the, uh, who's the most important person in your life? Myself. Oh, good, cool. Good, good call. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? My family. What's your favorite food? Mm, 
a bison steak cooked rare. Oh, all right. it. I, had, I had I had one in my favorite restaurant in Toronto. If you ever come to Toronto, go to Antler Restaurant. It was amazing. Wonderful. I, I grew up in Kentucky, and in the part of Kentucky I grew up in, uh, there's a buffalo ranch, and every year for the 4th of <laughs> July, they would have a buffalo barbecue, and uh, it's really good. So, yeah, If you ever go back, you got to send me an invite. I'd love to meet you there. Wonderful. Uh, most beautiful place you've ever visited? I loved my, my trip to um, to Italy, Rome and Florence. Absolutely breathtaking. Loved it. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Genuine happiness. How do you want to be remembered? Hmm. As a leader. If you could go back and give some advice to a younger Dave, what would that advice be? <laughs> don't fret the small stuff everything's go. gonna be fine what's your favorite sound what's my favorite sound? i love bagpipes oh all right and uh the best lesson you've ever learned oh um there's a school i went to and the motto is lecter et emergo it's latin it means struggle and emerge and uh that's that's part of what who we are emergo and it's emerge or to rise above so um even through the struggles uh keep going well tell everybody about your website and uh, how they can connect with you you'll be able to find us uh, at emergo recovery it's e-m-e-r-g-o recovery.com and emergoradio.com but uh and I'd love to talk with you, Tony, about joining me because I, I love your work. Um, anybody who's helping people become a better leader, a better influencer, uh, and you've done some powerful work uh, with people, uh, I just, I think it's fantastic. So we're at emergorecovery.com, and my name again is Dave Kenny. And uh, people can find you on LinkedIn too, right? Yeah, on LinkedIn. Thanks. Yes, you, as well. And in social media, I think we have a Twitter as well. I'm not sure how to do all that stuff, but we're working on that. Well, Dave, I, I, I appreciate the words and I, and I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing to help people because uh, we've got a lot of folks who need a lot of help in this area. So I'm glad that you're doing the work you're doing and you're helping people. Uh, we all seem to struggle with different things at different times in our lives. And it's nice to know that there's somebody there who's figuring this stuff out for us. So thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I'm going actually to New York to the Amen Clinics tomorrow and we'll be with Dr. Daniel Amen as well. But this really is, Tony, the one, the one thing I could stress to people is start thinking about and learning about what I can do for my brain and brain health. And when you make decisions based on that, your life will improve, your relationships, your money will improve, your financial situation, your businesses will, will improve. Um, your coordination and, and athleticism will improve, improve. So there's not an area of the life that is not impacted. Every area is impacted. So I just, I really encourage people uh, regarding human performance and feeling better to think about their brain first. Dave Kenny with Emergo Recovery, everybody. Just fantastic. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. 
Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Hi, this is Tony Richards. We're back on Better Than Before. And in this segment, I want to talk to you about psychological triggers. You know, leaders, uh, at least more effective leaders who take advantage of a lot of the neuroscientific principles that we've discovered in the last few years, make good use of psychological trigger devices. It's one of the simplest and most powerful tools for change that I've ever learned about or come across. A psychological trigger device is a fancy term for anything that triggers you into a different way of thinking, a different way of feeling, or a different way of behaving. It gets you off of autopilot. Did you ever have a, a song associated with a particular event or a particular person and then years go by, years go by, and years go by? And maybe you're not even in that relationship anymore. Maybe you haven't visited that place in years. Maybe you haven't done that thing in a long time. But you hear that song and then bang, it triggers all kinds of feelings, all kinds of thoughts. Well, that song was a trigger device that released the memories in your mind. And probably you wish you could go back and do it all over again. So you wanted to modify your behavior to go back and do those things. I always encourage my clients to write concepts down, uh, say like the three R's that we teach or any of the frameworks that we teach our clients. We want them to write them down and then uh, maybe put it on a piece of paper and put it on their computer or put it on their desk or in today's technological environment, you can put it in your phone and have a reminder pop up. And it'll trigger you to think a certain thing or do a certain thing, right? When you're doing some kind of mundane activity, all of a sudden, boom, there comes the trigger. And you are reminded to do that concept or think about that concept. And remembering to think about a concept when our, we're in our normal routine is the hardest part. We get home at the end of the day and we're like, oh, shoot, I missed an opportunity to do that or think about that. Now, also, I want you to know you can have negative triggers in your life as well as positive triggers. I've seen people who uh, maybe they're divorced and they've taken their wedding ring and put it on a different finger or on a different hand or whatever. And that triggers them to think about that relationship and in the fact that it's no longer around because now the ring's on a different finger. Whenever people have triggers in their life, and we all do, and when we're trying to change behavior or whatever, I recommend that they think about where's the trigger? What's triggering their subconscious mind to think about it? 
I mean, I caught myself the other night watching an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, and they were eating chips. You know what I wanted all of a sudden? I wanted some chips. I wanted to participate with what the group was doing. Even though that group was on television, it triggered something in me to think, oh, chips, that sounds good. I, I, I want to have some chips too. So it's a reminder that we need to go do something or we should uh, be thinking about something or whatever. And whatever, first of all, you need to isolate those negative triggers and then remove them, right? Um, your clothes can also conjure and trigger feelings and thoughts. Look in your closet. Uh, what do you hear uh, various pieces of clothing saying to you? So you may remember the last time you wore it, or maybe you wore it to something special, or maybe a piece of clothing makes you feel a certain way. Um, your car, uh, there's all kinds of triggers in your car. You get in your car, you start it up, you start going. There are things inside your car that can trigger your thoughts and, and also your feelings. And so effective leaders take control of their environment by putting positive triggers around them and removing the negative triggers. A trigger device is anything that triggers you to feel differently than you do right now. And so you want to use these triggers on purpose to help you get what you want. You want to walk around your house. You want to look in your closet. You want to look in your garage. You want to look in your car. You want to look around your work environment and make an assessment of what things are positive and what things are negative. And you want to try to get rid of the negative triggers whenever possible and reassociate your thoughts around some positive triggers. There was a, a time in my life, you know, when I recognized that I was avoiding the uncomfortable and some of the more difficult things I knew I had to do. And it just made the day terrible. The day just drug on because I was trying to avoid doing certain things, you know, and I was dreading it and I was fretting over it and I was worrying about it. And I knew if I just knocked that hard task out, my day would have more energy, creativity, and it'd be smooth sailing from there. So now I just kind of think about frogs when I have difficult things to do. If I have to eat a frog, I don't want to have to look at it all day, right? I don't want to have to think about it all day. I just want to go ahead and get it over with. So frogs work for me as a trigger to do difficult things first. What do you think would work for you? That's our show today. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Tony Richards 4, and we're also at Clear Vision DEV. On behalf of associate producer Whitney Coker and chief producer William Foster, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm Tony Richards, reminding you that God is the source of all your success, and everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.